can someone please explain to me how it is that there are people who are going for get this a dick bbl as in a fat transfer to your dick from you know your belly and shit or your back fat or i don't know i don't care but you're having fat transferred to your dick to give it more girth like i am finding it a little bit hard to accept that some nigga out there is like you know what i really thought i liked my dick from birth and everything and i've always thought that it's pretty good but you know what would make it a hell of a lot better if it had extra fat you know like a piece of steak like i'm actually still trying to come to terms with someone's idea of this because like the bbl is called the bbl for a reason like now that there's a dick there and it's not a butt is it still called a bbl or because when you kind of think about it it doesn't necessarily factor into the whole term of a bbl because the full terminology of a bbl is a brazilian butt lift this is a dick you can't even call it a bdl you know with a d in the middle because it's not like brazilians are known for having big dicks but you know what i'm gonna bring in the doctor that was talking about this shit to explain it to y'all so that you know i can possibly try and understand whatever it is that this guy is saying so let me play it for you over here remember the dick doc on tiktok dropping a little history on the half penis procedure you know this all started over a decade ago when we started shifting fat your own fat to the shaft of the pickle it can last three four maybe even seven years and for some guys there's an unlimited supply so you can make things pretty girthy and the price can be right because if you're doing some liposuction anyway why not have a bigger pickle to go with it so that's how it all started here at aesthetic revolution las vegas getting girthy pickles from your own fat okay so let me get this straight a man decides that they are going to lose weight and then in the most unmanly thing possible they decide you know what i'm gonna get a lipo and then in the most unmasculine thing ever they're like you know what move the fat over to my dick because i've always been told that i have a pretty tiny dick like don't people know that when you lose weight the whole surface area to volume ratio makes it such that your dick automatically looks bigger like it seems a little bit too much and on top of that now it makes it harder for us guys to start judging babes that go and get bbls and and then they end up going and getting like incredibly unnecessarily large sized bbls which look unnatural to say the least like i i feel as though guys that do that are probably the laziest people in the bedroom like if you were too lazy to go to the gym and work out for a couple of weeks a couple of months maybe a year or two to actually lose that weight and you decided to go for lipo how sure are we that you're not lazy enough when it gets to the time where you actually have to go and work for your own pleasure that you'll actually be able to do the job like you might actually end up being one of those guys that has a big dick but does not know how to utilize that big dick like you have a big dick and you're not even using it properly like that is what is actually considered a waste of resources but fortunately for me i look at that as a pretty good opportunity because you know if you won't know how to use your dick properly then maybe i will and maybe i'll have the chance to actually go and perform although then again i'm not over here to just talk about dick i have a lot more things to worry about starting this podcast being one of them and i normally prefer to do it in my very typical fashion with an instrumental when i start by saying 
Welcome to Breaktime on Westside, your number one Breaktime podcast coming to you from Nairobi, Kenya. The man on the mic is Sir Denver B. The show is Tweet Street, the show where I get to take a look at some of the very interesting tweets that happen to be sent around, that happen to be passed around, so that I can take them and break them down accordingly. Now, if you all know the drill, then you can repeat it after me. If you don't know the drill, then it's okay. I'm going to sing it for you because it almost sounds like a song. And if you are one of those people that like stack like you don't know the drill, then, well, it's okay. It's still going to ring in your head because it's a very simple drill on how it is that you can contribute the tweets that end up on this episode for us to discuss. And it's a very simple drill and it goes like this. You see that tweet, you like that tweet, you want us to discuss that tweet, you send that tweet. You send it to the DMs of at Bagaka, the D, which happens to be my personal Twitter handle. And I will take it from there and I will handle it accordingly. On Facebook and on IG, if it happens to be a screenshot, if it happens to be a screen grab from Twitter that just so happened to have landed there, then the place to send it to is at Breaktime on Westside on Facebook and at Breaktime on Westside on IG. And if you are on any of those apps, whether it's scrolling, whether it's giving feedback and you happen to stumble upon Breaktime on Westside, then a nice follow would be appreciated and shit. You know, we always appreciate that plus one. And if you are listening through an app that allows for ratings and reviews, a nice rating and or review would be highly appreciated. You know, keeps me on the charts, massages my ego and all of that good stuff, you know. We're 95 episodes in and I could not be any more grateful to each and every one of you. We have got one more week before I go on some sort of a break. But as usual, I'll always try and prepare something for you guys just so that, you know, you can enjoy some shit. But while we're still running, I do have tweets to discuss. I have a couple of them, about three or four. But before I get to that, I need to talk about the extent to which people actually want to share their shit online. Like I can get that podcasts and social media have made it such that you can actually, you know, share stuff online And, you know, there's a community for it. You probably won't get judged. And if anything, you know, it it allows you a chance to, you know, open up about things that normally wouldn't be talked about before. But I kind of feel like people need to know where the limits are. You know, such as DJ Envy and Gia Cassie, when they decided to go out on an interview online and they actually talked about Gia faking it in the bedroom and DJ Envy was so okay busy talking about the fact that you know he's been hitting it and his wife's been faking it so i'm gonna play it for you then i'm just gonna come back and just talk about stuff a little bit because i feel like the way they did it isn't how it should have been done i think there's a way that it could have been done a little bit better but let me play it for you then i can talk about it so here it is and i'm sure so many women can relate like you want to reward that man for that work. And the only reward that you have to offer is an orgasm. But yeah. even if I didn't feel it, I would still be performative. Mm-hmm. So yes, I was faking it. We got into like an argument and then she was like, well, you know, I don't be having an orgasm. She didn't say it in that. She speaks way more eloquent than I would ever. And I was like, what? And she was like, I don't. I'm like, no, yes, you do. I hear it. Like, yeah, ah, ah. and then she's like, no, I'm faking it. I'm like, every time? And she was like, yeah. And then that just crushed me because I thought I was putting in work. Like I'm, I'm sitting there thinking I'm, you know, big daddy long leg. And someone has the audacity to allow their wife to talk about their sex life like that in a day and age when people are very openly making other people feel bad because of their sexual prowess. I don't know. I don't know. Like... While I get that it's a topic that's been spoken about openly by both genders, mostly, you know, from a separate point of view, them talking about it as a couple isn't a particularly bad thing. 
it's just how they choose to do it like this has you know the whole entanglement vibe with it why it's like you know the babe decided to bring the nigger there and then they were talking and she decided to bring that up like that's what this interview sounded like for gia casey and dj envy of which dj envy is actually you know like a public figure he's a pretty famous guy i'm not too sure about gia but dj envy is actually a particularly famous guy so to think that he'd allow his wife to go and start talking about stuff like this openly i feel like there's a bit of an issue because i can get how there's people that can try and bring it out in a certain kind of way like if you make it seem like it's a surprising thing like you guys are talking and then you're like oh so you know i know that i usually do my best to try and make my wife you know feel pleasure and shit baby have i been doing a pretty good job and then she's like no um i've been faking it quite a bit and you've been thinking you've been doing a good job because i've been faking it but it's not from a bad place it's because i don't want you to feel like you've wasted your efforts and blah 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 like that would make sense that would make a lot of sense because you can drown that out as comedy or you guys can say that you've had your conversations and you know you're always trying to make stuff better but he knows that he can come up short but to come out and say that well you know we were having an argument and then when i mentioned it and then she decides ah i don't know i don't know if i'd be comfortable doing that like admitting to the world and the internet more so that you know you were unable to pleasure your wife and her revealing that she was faking it like that almost opens it up to like an entire pack of people that will slide into your wife's dms claiming that they'll give her better dick you know or will send her unsolicited dick pics and shit and if at any point in time you have beef on the internet or you know even in public some guys just gonna bring this shit up like it's not that we don't want to talk about some things it's just that some things are not supposed to be talked about in public or if you're gonna do it in public then you have to find a way to sugarcoat and properly wrap and package that shit so honestly i feel like dj envy probably put himself in a very vulnerable and not so good position and i don't care how many women or woke people will come out and say that there's strength and vulnerability honestly i feel like there's some places where you're not supposed to show your vulnerabilities because you do not go ahead and say that there is strength in vulnerability and open up your most vulnerable parts for people to start taking stabs at you that's being naive but anyways fortunately i'm not a part of that marriage so i will leave it at that and move it on so on to our very first tweet of this episode So a man has to be financially stable to date a broke woman. Okay. Um can I say yes? Well, yeah. Uh but it's not like he has to. Uh I feel like broke has different stages and there are some babes who will be broke and say that they want a rich man and you know if if they're beautiful or not, it'll probably decide that. But to be particularly honest i feel like as a man you have to be financially stable to date any woman like just carrying your own on the financial side of things is important it's essential for us as guys to date a woman whether she's broke whether she's rich whether she's a billionaire or a millionaire 
like at the end of the day the question is can you support yourself and in some ways support more than just yourself because you're expected to be the provider and you're expected to be the protector if you can't protect your 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 partner from financial ruin or if you can't protect your partner from starvation because you can't afford food or if you can't provide for your partner and put food on the table then you will feel like you are lacking as a man now don't get me wrong i don't think you need to go for the broke babe like if you feel like there's a broke babe that you are trying to hit on who rejected you because you didn't have money by all means go make your money and you know turn her down as well or whatever it is that you want to do once you have the money but personally i feel like for 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 us as men it's not even about being financially stable so as to date a certain kind of babe we just have to be financially stable because we are a pillar of support to a family if not families in plural so you might as well make sure that you're in the best financial position so that it's not the biggest deal breaker for you when you're trying to get you know some idea of the girl of your dreams like with that big part sorted then you have a much better chance of getting the babe because now it'll be a lot more of the finer less tangible things that you will have to you know have or do that will appeal to her you know it's it's sort of like when you're going out on a date with a babe who has a heart of gold and you know hasn't been passed around like a blunt you already know for a fact that this babe is in some way quote unquote pure or you know she's an example of a model woman that you definitely want to be with so you look for the more finer things because you already know this is someone that has a good sense of emotional care and you can judge other things besides her beauty and her emotional support skills such as you know uh, her ability to ride dick and her capability to cook and clean and shit like that shit that you can definitely check a lot later and in some cases you might even want to bypass all of that shit but Then again, there are guys that will obviously play captain save a hoe and you know, in that same exact light, there are tons of babes that will be like, "You know what? I want to date myself a broke man." But then again, they would actually have to appear, which I haven't really seen them appear in quite a long while. So I'm going to leave it at that and I am going to move it on. So on to our very next tweet. Dear men, If you wait for the quote unquote right time to have kids, you'll end up waiting forever. Truth is, there's never a right time. You just have to dive in and face what comes. The best part, having kids will make you a better person. Well, if you're giving me this advice about 20 years ago, if I was an adult 20 years ago, then I'd probably say, yeah, you probably have a point. But right now, I don't think you'd probably be making a lot of sense when you say this because here's one of the biggest issues that a lot of people who say this don't particularly get. Having a baby is expensive. Like it's expensive as fuck. I and I don't think a majority of the people that decide to have a kid actually take that into account. And I'm not just saying this because of the money. Like it's expensive in terms of time, it is expensive in terms of of money it is expensive in terms of just the number of resources that you will give in the name of doing that if anyone's listened to past episodes of tweet street then you'd probably know that at some point i reviewed the top 5 hospitals in kenya where you can have a kid and i kid you the hell not just the regular birth not c section was starting at 97000 and it was going up from there and it was going all the way into obviously the six figure range 
and if you added the C-section, it would be nearing 200,000. Now, I kid you the fuck not, that is not cheap for most people. Like, if you want to try and pull the whole right time thing here, then I'm sorry, not unless if you're going to have a water birth on the lake somewhere, I don't think that's a particularly good option. I have a homie who, who recently got a baby, about a year and a half, maybe two years ago. This guy sends like 10 Gs every single week in the name of caring for that baby. Because that 10 Gs will cover the baby formula, it'll cover the diapers, it'll cover the costs that are associated with the baby. Like this guy is sending money every single week just for the care of that baby. Like, do you honestly think that if you pull the hole, there's never a right time to have kids on a person that sees such costs just flying, that just watches someone's very, very small salary get taken away by the costs of having a child? Do you honestly think that they would accept and be like, you know what, just have the baby? Like a huge chunk of these guys will definitely say, you know what, I should have pulled out. Like they'll be like, you know what, I love my baby and everything, but given the option, I'd have probably waited to get my money right. So I will tell you, while someone will tell you there's never a right time, first focus on getting your money right, then worry about the whole right time thing a little bit later. Otherwise, you'll end up bringing a child to suffer in this world, yet they definitely shouldn't have started off suffering if they'd have waited maybe an extra two or three years or some shit. I think the only thing that I'd probably agree to in, in this is how having kids will make you a better person. Now, I don't think that it will. I think it can. There's some people that don't change after they have a kid. There's some people that do become better people. And some people might actually genuinely become worse people after a kid. Ask some people who are in toxic relationships. They'll probably admit that to you. But all in all... While I don't have kids, I can't entirely speak too much about it, so I will leave it at that and take it to the last tweet of this episode. I was told I usually ask for missionaries so as to satisfy the masculine urge to be in control. That's when I knew for sure I'm sticking my dick into the wrong person because what? Okay. I'm actually going to make that same exact sound with you right at the end, because what? Who the fuck says such a thing about missionary? Like, if anything, I feel like missionary is probably the most intimate style that people have when they're having sex. Whether she's on top, whether you're on top, it doesn't matter. Missionary is actually, in some cases, the best style for a lot of people. A lot of people's first style to do when it came to sex was missionary. A lot of women's favorite styles are missionary. Like, you think about it, missionary is like the bread in bread and butter when you think about sex. Because if you fail at missionary, you're probably going to fail at all the other styles. And that's fact. Like, to say that missionary is to satisfy the masculine urge to be in control, then shit shorty be on top. Like damn if you want to bring woke culture and start blaming everything that happens on the patriarchy you know go ahead do you but let's be particularly honest missionary is actually probably one of the better styles for a lot of women when it comes to the idea of making love when y'all are just fucking then it's fine you probably don't need to be doing missionary all that much you know because some people might you know get a little attached because of it but that's very subjective but all in all you do have to admit that missionary is actually one of the most important styles when it comes to sex. A lot of people won't believe that sex has begun 
or will particularly think that they're having sex not unless if it starts with missionary some people will think that it's a quickie if it doesn't start with missionary and then they'll start complaining when you extend past five minutes or past 10 minutes because they'll be turning around looking at you like yo i thought you were supposed to be done what's up like some people just do not see sex without seeing missionary but you know what if you feel like missionary is such an in control position for us guys how about you be on top how about you do cowgirl and since you are talking about in control and how men do blah 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 how about you actually take the reins for a little bit and see if you can last more than four strokes bouncing on that dick before your kneecaps overheat although then again i might be wrong about this and she might actually know how to write this nigga so i want your thoughts on this the dms are open on twitter it is at bagak the d which happens to be my personal twitter handle on facebook and on instagram it is at britam on website thank you so much for listening all the way till the end and if you are listening through Castbox, feel free to drop your thoughts and comments below and i will attend to them accordingly and i will catch you guys on the next break <laughs>